Welcome to Playing to Win. I'm Tim Haggis, and tonight our very special guest, David Penn, who has recently joined My Disability Sport as the program's coordinator. And that is going to be quite a large role because we are developing our 50 Pathways to 50 Sports program, as well as some uh, many new and exciting opportunities. Evening, David. How are you? G'day, Tim. Re really good. Yeah, thank you. Now, we um, are very excited to have you on, on our team now, and we're about to reveal the reason why. Um, David is not just an ordinary person who saw a job advertised and thought, oh, I could do that. He is born into this world to be who he is about to become. So, David, could you just tell us about um, your life growing up and your parents and the impact that they've had on the world of disability and more particularly vision impairment? Yeah, sure. So, uh, so Dad, uh, Malcolm, uh, lost his sight when he was four uh, in an accident. So he became totally blind as a child. Uh, he was living out uh, with his parents out uh, on the Nullarbor. Um, so his, his dad was working on the railway out there. Uh, and then after his accident, Dad came to Adelaide, uh, spent some time in hospital, and then he went to uh, he did his schooling at, at uh, Townsend House and then at Pulteney. Uh, and then he went into, uh, he got a scholarship to study law at Adelaide Uni and became a lawyer. So he was the first totally blind person to um, graduate in law and be admitted to, to practice law in South Australia. Uh, after he had started his law career, he met my mum, Rosemary, that I guess led mum into her interest in the area of vision impairment and disability. Um, and so together uh, for a long time, they were very active in the, in the area of, of vision impairment and disability. So dad um, was heavily involved in blind cricket, as you know, Tim, uh, from, from say the late 1960s um, and played through the 1970s, 80s, into the 90s. Um, he was... Um, on the committee for a long time. He was very influential in uh, national blind cricket as well. And, and uh, we might talk about that a bit later. Um, and mum, of course, through, through dad, was also heavily involved in blind cricket uh, and then became involved in other disability organisations like Radio for the Print Handicapped, uh, which she worked with as a volunteer and as a paid employee for probably 20 years. Um, and that was partly, well, almost entirely due to, to, to dad's interest in, in hearing the, the daily newspaper being read. So that's how she got into that. Um, and then, of course, together they did a lot of work on a scholarship for disabled students, um, which has been going now for 30 or 40 years. So I guess I, I grew up with all of that uh, in that environment. And so as a kid, you know, I was around mum and dad and I was around dad's cricket. Uh, so I was around blind cricket from because literally as long as I can remember. And uh, and I think uh, probably even, uh, well, uh, uh, mum said that, you know, she was pregnant with me when she was at a game at one of dad's games. So, I've, I've, <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah, so yeah, I've, you know, yeah. I've, I've literally been around blind cricket all of my life uh and i'm still involved so i'm uh you know on yes the, on... well we'll we'll get to all of your um your positions and things sure there are a couple of things i want to go back over yep if you don't mind yeah. firstly you did breeze over the fact that your dad became the first totally blind lawyer in south australia 
I, as a vision impaired person going through the education system in the late 70s, early 80s, yeah. I know that there was very little available for me and I had a bit of sight, yeah. um, being totally blind. And I've had a, did an interview with Peter Greco a couple of months ago and he talked about lugging his brailler and books to school and the braille books are so thick because the paper's so thick and with the dots and everything that you really, you couldn't carry all your textbooks around with no. you. And so studying was... To, to do the volume of work that needed to go into a law degree took a team of people supporting your dad, I imagine. And I think that probably the big story is about your mum and dad meeting when she was reading to him, like during his uni degree. Yeah, that's right. So um, look, you're right. Dad was supported by a whole team of, of people who took turns in reading his textbooks to him because, um, yeah, you, as you can imagine, doing law, a huge amount of, of reading involved um, and, yeah, the uh, textbooks just weren't available in Braille and they mm. uh, obviously they, they weren't the sort of adaptive technologies that are available to students these days. So uh, Dad relied very heavily on having this team of, of uh, people in his um, surrounding community who would take it in turns uh, literally reading his textbooks to him um, as he as he needed uh, needed them read to him for for his study, um, and they were people that he knew through either service clubs or his church or other other friends, and you know probably some some of the uni students helped out as well. But um, Dad had one friend, Ron uh, Ron Roberts, um, who was a regular reader for him, uh, and Ron's um, uh, wife was Paula. Uh, Paula had come out from England in the 1950s and Paula's cousin was my mum, Rosemary. And, oh, uh, right. So and, that's how it all worked out. Yeah, so, so, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so mum came out from England in about 1966 to visit Paula yeah. uh, and stayed with, with Paula and Ron. And uh, the yeah, the story goes that um, yeah. that yeah, Ron was on the team of readers, and sort of one night, um, Ron had to go, uh, and the story is he had to go to a committee meeting for the Adelaide University Soccer Club because he was he heavily involved. <laughs> well, there's another link up. Yeah, that, that's right. right. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. so he he was unavailable to to read one night, and so yeah. Mum as a as a visiting uh, English. Um, the yeah. uh, young lady uh, yeah. uh, stepped in and, and started reading to dad and that's how they met. So uh, yeah, that's, that's how, uh, how that, that story yeah, goes. That, yeah. That's incredible because I think it's really important that people understand how significant your dad's effort was. I mean, obviously he had a team of people helping him, but he yeah. had to still pass the exams and do the work and get it all done. And th there is there's probably no way we can explain that, but he, he, so he was a groundbreaker all the way through. Yep. You, you grew up in a family that were very focused on the community. Um, your mum did lots of community stuff as well. Yes. And so you knew that you knew about the community, but in your future life, and this is the other link up, you are, are you president of the Adelaide University Sports Club? Or are you just on the committee? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm president of the board of management of the Adelaide University yeah. Sport or Adelaide University Sport and Fitness, as we're now called. So that's the the organisation that looks after all university sports clubs and recreation clubs. Um, and so we've got thirty five or thirty six registered clubs at university uh, that offer 
all sorts of sports to the, the university community, to graduates and to the wider community. Um, and, and yes, yeah, so that um, that includes, you know, the, the big sports, cricket, footy, hockey, right through to smaller uh, martial arts clubs and other. Uh, we've even got an e-sport um, club. Uh, and a grid and a gridiron club. There's so it's an esport club like gaming, like gaming playing FIFA and things like that. Uh, it's yeah, it's the the competitive form of esport. So um, they go to like national championships. So it's and yeah. look, I'm not super familiar, but it's um, uh, uh, League of Legends and those sorts of gaming, um, competitive yeah. gaming um, that they're into. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, so yeah. You've, you've got that. You've got quite a bit of work there as a um, in, in your community because obviously you've taken um, you and your brother Phil, and we should mention Phil because he's a yep. very passionate lover of blind cricket in particular um, and cricket in general, actually. So, yes, um, the one thing about I've known both of you since uh, well, you were probably about six, and Phil was about four. Um, I've known both of you that long, and um, it's pretty amazing that you know, like where where we're at currently today having this conversation and yeah we're going into in going into a new venture in a disability community and um i think it's it it's probably that i'm probably more proud to work with you because i think you've you come from a huge legacy your family and and all you're doing in sport and we're lucky enough to have you looking at our 50 uh pathways to 50 sports program which is what mm. we're wanting to provide um so I'm not going to ask you too much about that because I know all the answers. Yes. But we'll talk. We'll talk about. We'll talk about some of the ideas um, or some of the ways that disability sport works in a little while. But um, yep. have you? I mean, your your presence, your personal uh, presence in the community, disability community. Are there other things you're doing besides the university sport, or um, are you on other committees? Uh, yes. So I, so, so my, my main sporting background at uni was to play cricket. Um, so I started playing, playing cricket for uni cricket club back in as a graduate in the 1990s. Uh, and I'm still there. Um, so I played for about 20 years and I've been coaching their women's cricket program for the last 10 years. Um, so I look after women's cricket. Um, we've developed a, a soccer side, a community side, and we've got now two junior women's or two two yeah. two girls teams. So yeah, so yeah, so I look after women's cricket for Adelaide Uni, um, and also have um, an involvement um, th- with the well, I, I help um, uh, to administer the Sir Charles Bright Scholarship which is, again, something that mum and dad worked very hard on, which mm. is a, a, a scholarship for disabled students who are going on to doing uh, to do uh, tertiary education. So yeah. um, anybody who's got a, a recognised disability who wants to go on and, and further their tertiary study um, has the opportunity to apply for one of those scholarships. So I, I, do, I do that work. So I'm a trustee of that, that scholarship. Um, and also, uh, I have an involvement with the um, the Cricket Society. They call themselves the Cricket Lovers, um, yeah. the Australian Cricket Society here in Adelaide, which is a little sort of social group of people who are just keen on their cricket. Uh, we have um, we organise regular speakers about cricket and uh, do a bit of fundraising. And and one of the organisations who uh, gets a donation is uh, is the blind cricket south australia so yes uh, that's another another one of the links yeah yeah there are plenty of so it 
as you start this new adventure of um, being the programs coordinator at My Disability Sport, and we're looking at the moment at, I mean, I guess you've got a good perspective of the entire disability community, um, the various organisations operate within it. Um, do you think, what do you think we can do to, um, you know, apart from providing a, a directory of support, but what do you think we can do or should do to uh, give our community the best opportunity to access sport or just get fitter and healthier? Yep. Well, look, uh, I, mean, I think even in the conversations that you and I have had, it sort of struck me that there's, there are, there are things available already that we can just work on making some, some partnerships with existing programs and existing organisations um, so, uh, you know, if you take sort of my knowledge of university sport, there's, as I said, there's, there's 36 clubs, which each represent a different sport. Um, so there's 36 different sports that have um, a, a basis already. And it's probably just a matter of starting to talk to them about, you know, how they can offer uh, opportunities for people with disabilities. They may even already, and I know that some of mm. our university sports do have uh, disabled um, students who are involved in sport. Um, yeah. One example I, I know of, you know, our, we've got a very successful rowing club at uh, Adelaide Uni, and one of the recent rowers has been Will Smith, who I know qualified for the Paralympics. Um, so there's this already... Not to be confused with Will Smith, the Prince of Fresh Plint. Oh, okay. I was thinking of that just you the better, other day. You better be yes. clear about that. Yes, yeah, different different Will Smith. Very, very different Will Smith. Um, but, yes. uh, but, so that shows that there are already people with disabilities who are involved in, um, you know, I guess you can sort of say mainstream sports organisations. And some of those those sports clubs perhaps just need a little bit of help to, um, to help to offer an opportunity for some someone with a disability, they might not have thought about it or had the opportunity or some, some organisations are perhaps are a bit nervous um, mm. about engaging with people with disabilities. And so I think one, one key part of the role is probably going to be actually making those connections and saying, yes. well, look, you know, you, you've got a, you know, for example, a, a rowing club. Um, there's no reason why someone with a vision impairment can't come and mm. come to your club and learn how to row or, we go to the athletics club and say there's no reason why someone with a you know a hearing impairment can't join yeah. in run, running or do you know yeah so there's there's plenty of opportunities there um and then obviously some of the bigger that the state sport organizations like the SACA and the SANFL yeah. um we know that you know they've got some resources to put into programs and so again it's mm. just um, making the contacts and, and uh, giving them some help to sort of get started and, and making their own connections in the in the disability community. So, yeah, that, that's probably some of my ideas around what we can do. Because we are pretty excited about uh, one of our first connections um, with the AFL and the SANFL to introduce um, AFL Blind, which is a vision-impaired version of AFL. Yeah. There's already... Um, footy for people with a hearing impairment, um, people with an intellect, living with an intellectual disability and a version of wheelchair football, which I'm not sure is played in South Australia. We'll have to look into it. But yep. um, the AFL and SNFL are both very responsive, aren't they, to um, wanting to work with the various various groups? 
They are, yeah. Um, and again, probably you know, there's a bit of leadership in uh, in Victoria with, uh, with with footy. So, you yeah. know, South, South Australia doesn't want to fall behind the, um, the Victorians. Uh, and so, we, as you and I already know, that you know, there's there's a lot of interest uh, within the SANFL. Uh, and uh, you know, hopefully, we can sort of you know push that along and, and make sure that they stay yeah. on, stay working on developing that program and and get over some of the problems of you know finding the appropriate venue finding enough players to, to get started to begin with um, you know the supply of of balls um, which yep. is obviously a bit of a logistical problem at the moment but um, yes, you know, very you know, annoying yeah, but, uh, yeah. it'll, we'll get there eventually yep. but uh, yeah so the, the thing with most um, well particularly the blind sports is that the ball is never going to be the same as a normal no. ball it's got to no. have they've got to have some sort of um, mechanism for it to beep or ring or whatever yeah. and these things take time but still tennis is the same the ball is um, probably a little bit unsatisfactory because it's just soft and it blows around in the wind and yeah. um, you can't so there's always going to be those problems and it's a pity that it's holding up the um, progress of the sport because we do we do believe that we've got a fair bit of interest and uh, these are the sort of things that are going to be very rewarding is seeing something come from from its uh, very beginning and yeah. turn into something good. So um, I think we've uh, got a lot to look forward to. And um, I think that I'm, we're really excited. The whole of My Disability Sport, South Australia, excited to have you on board, David, to uh, be leading this program. And we look. I think what we'll probably do is we'll have regular conversations um, yeah. going forward about different progresses that we're making with different sports. So um, we can tell our 11 listeners that <laughs> all about it so they yep. can be the first to know yeah. <laughs> and maybe they can share, share our thing. Um, but thanks for coming on tonight sure. and uh, talking to us and we will, um, yeah, we'll uh, get together really again soon. Absolutely. Absolutely fine, Tim. Great to, to speak to you about it. And look, I'm, I'm really excited about what we can, uh, what we, what we should be able to do.